Thank you so much, church. Please take your seat. It's so wonderful to see you this morning. I just want to say it's uh, uh, such an honor to be bringing the word this morning. Honestly, if, if you would have told me that we'd be doing this you know, years ago, we'd never imagine this. And so we're so grateful. Thank you, Mum and Dad, for Pastor Jack and Carol for entrusting us to bring the word this morning. We don't take it for granted. We are very humbled to do that. And we just pray that God would speak today. I believe he's going to speak. As Mitch said two years ago, we were sent to Canberra. And look, I, I want to just uh, address some of the opinions out there. For those who, I won't ask for a show of hands, but for those who believe Canberra is boring, look, you can think whatever you want. I know the truth. But I will say, keep that opinion because the fact of the matter is, I enjoy uncluttered, easy to drive on roads <laughs> where I get from A to B in maximum 10 minutes. And we complain if it's 15 minutes. It's a pretty good gig. So we love, we love Canberra. But what I also want to say is that, look, you can take us out of Penrith, but you can't take Penrith out of us, okay? Joan Olivelle, we are Penrith Panthers supporters through and through, 100%. Isaac has all the stats in his knowledge. He, he knows the, the, the weight and height of every single player. It's quite extraordinary and what I can say about this year is, Lord, may the fourth be with us. <laughs> Amen. Come on, that's an Ivan Cleary statement, but I'll take it. Can I just pray, and then we want to bring the word this morning, and we're, like I said, it's such an honor. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to bring the word. Holy Spirit, thank you for your beautiful presence. It is so rich this morning. Through the worship, it was just a, a beautiful time to be able to focus on our King, and we love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you are the one who does the talking and, and the working on the inner man. Only you can. But I pray, help us to speak in a way that is clear, in a way that you can use to be able to uh, meet the need of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's so good to be here, as I said. And today, Joe and I, we want to preach a sermon we've entitled, The Inclusive King. The inclusive king. Now, that word inclusive is used quite often today. We hear it a lot. It's quite a popular word, inclusive. But what we hope to do this morning is bring the real meaning of what inclusiveness means. And how do we do that? Well, we look towards our Savior Jesus, who is the inventor of inclusiveness. And we can learn from him. It's powerful when we hear what Jesus did and how inclusive he was. But before we go there, I just want to park for a moment on our mission and our mandate. Our mission and our, and our mandate. And you know, as people who belong to this church at any length of time, you would know that we prioritize Jesus' last command as our first priority. We believe that we are called to go into the nations and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey, baptizing them. That is our mission and our mandate. But I also love learning about our mission and our mandate when I read the Lord's Prayer. It's quite beautiful because you get an insight on what is on the mind of our Savior when it comes to the future. What does he see for the future? It's quite optimistic 
and it's quite hopeful. But let me read it. Matthew 6, 9 says this. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come where? Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, prayer is the most intimate space that you could possibly think of where you are uttering words to God, words that, you know, it's, it's out of my control. I'm coming to a place of prayer. And what does our Savior pray? What's the desire of his heart? What do we hear him saying? His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We see this blueprint, if you will, this building plan. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And can I tell you, it is still as relevant as when Jesus prayed it for today. It is so relevant for today. I love Luke, Luke 11, 1 says this. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Can I ask you this morning, and I ask myself this, are you his disciple? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Nobody else but Jesus Christ we want to learn from and we want to become more and more like Jesus. We are his disciples. And let me tell you something. If this is a question that was asked, we ought to also ask the same question because we are his disciple. We are his disciples. So we say, Lord, teach me how to pray. How do I pray? It was relevant when you said it and it's relevant now. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Teach me how to pray. And his answer will be as it was. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is still the desire and prayer of our king. And here's where it gets really, really awesome. We can be confident That what Jesus prayed, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, will be and is being accomplished. It's the prayer of Jesus. Come on. I would imagine that's a pretty faith-filled prayer. Without no doubt, this is what I'm praying and this is what we ought to pray. We get to partner with him as we saw in the missions presentation The church is the vessel that he employs to execute his master plan. He's he's shown us, he showed us the blueprint. This is what I desire. This is what I see for the future. And we get to partner with him in that master plan. God, church, is building his church. Amen. 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 Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Just like Dave said, we as the church, inside the building, outside the building, we get to partner with our king. And we get to be part of bringing his kingdom on the earth. You know, this is a, it's been happening for thousands of years and it's continuing to happen. This is our time. This is our time. This is our inning. We're in it right now. And it's our job to say, Lord, I'm not waiting another 10 years or until this gets better or until that gets... No, Lord, 
your kingdom now, your kingdom come and you've put us on the earth right now. So help us to do it. But our question today and and what we want to encourage ourselves with is how do we do this? How do we do this, particularly in our Western world? This church is so wonderful with all the overseas missions and we are part, partnered with you in Canberra and, and Phoenix and Melbourne. It's such an honour to be part of that. And I know we do our local missions as well, but we want to focus in on a bit of an issue that's happening, as we would all know, in our Western world. And we want to talk about inclusiveness, like Dave said. How do we bring the gospel to a generation and to a, a, a Western civilization that at this point in time is confused. That word inclusiveness, that's sort of a hot word at the moment. And in our opinion, we believe it's been really misused and really abused. And it's not as it is. And we're going to get into that a little bit more as we go. There are a few definitions of the word inclusive, but one that we really like is including everyone. We've heard that before, haven't we? Everyone, everywhere. The gospel is for everyone, everywhere. And as we partner with our inclusive king, I just want to give you some good news here. Actually, Pastor Sonia came and preached something similar to this in our church just a couple weeks ago. She talked about in God's great garden, the, the sowing, the planting, the watering. That's our job. We don't bring the salvation Only God can do that. It's not our responsibility to save anybody. That's all on him. The Holy Spirit will do that work. But our job is to sow, plant and water. So how do we do that? How do we come to a, a world right now that's so confused and actually sees us as Christians as not inclusive? How do, we, how do we talk to these people? How do we reach them? Because it's so important that we reach them. Sometimes as Christians, I'm sure you have heard these terms thrown around. Uh, bigots, that's one. I've heard that quite a lot, actually. Apparently, we're phobic of everything and everyone, which is not true. We know that because we have a loving God. And we look like a very intolerant, not us, not this church in particular, but the, there's, a, there's a general reputation that a, a lying enemy has put out against the church to say we're unloving or not include, you know, all of this rubbish. And it's not true, is it? Let's look at some biblical inclusive, how do I say this? Inclusivity. That's the one. Okay, John three sixteen. we all know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whosoever, that's inclusive right there, whoever you are, if you will believe in him, we should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever would believe in him. This invitation is for everyone. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any, there it is again, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Aren't we glad he's long-suffering with us? Aren't we grateful he's so patient with us? Not willing that any should perish. Thank you, Lord. I love the uh, story of the lost sheep. Jesus leaves the 99 to find the one. The one. I was the one. 
Were you the one? We were the one. And he, he, I mean, I would kind of think that 99 is pretty good. You've done pretty well. But not in the case of our Savior. He says the one, I'm inclusive, and who knows what that one is like. I know how the one that I've been sometimes living, rebellious, opposite to what God wants me to, how God wants me to live. And we don't know what the one looks like, but our Savior, he goes for the one. The Bible makes it clear that we are called to reach out to all men, all men, to be inclusive of all. But here's the thing. We know that it doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. Come. Come, the spirit and the bride say, come. come. You are welcome to come. The inclusive in the invitation to all men is just the beginning of what God wants to do in us. Amen. Just touching on that 99 sheep and the one. Uh, an example that we, we would like to give is, and this is just a tiny little fraction of a representation of what God's love is like. But Dave and I, very blessed to have five kids. We have five. There's a lot. That's a lot of kids for us anyway. We find that to be a lot of kids. That was not the original plan for us, but God had other plans. And we have five children. And our house is very loud. It's very full on. Never come over unannounced because you don't know what you're going to see. And I'm telling you, it's all here. You don't know what, yeah. We have very gracious neighbours. If it wasn't for David's exceptional organisational skills, we'd all be in really deep trouble. And Joe's loving, nurturing heart <laughs> towards the kids. It's a bit of extremes. We've got the boot camp and, we, and it, work, it works. The, the balance comes together and it works. But we have five kids and it is crazy at all times. And I, we love them to pieces and we're so grateful for them. But as is common with siblings, doesn't matter how many siblings there are, there's fights that happen and there's, you know, situations that happen. And not long ago, just a few weeks ago, actually, uh, this is not the first time it's happened, one of my children, believe it or not, actually upset one of the other children. I know, right? And there was a big argument. And the one child who was upset, he, he or she, I'm not going to say who, <laughs> needed to blow off some steam. And so they left, which is not uncommon. That's, you know, they're, they're independent enough. It's a safe neighbourhood. And we've got little places they go. And usually they don't leave the, the actual vicinity of the home. But I, I was like, okay, they need to cool down. That's fine. So a few minutes passed and they didn't come back. And a few more minutes passed and, you know, I'm, I'm busy and I think I must have been quite distracted because I looked up, I don't know how long it had passed, and I was like, is so-and-so back yet? No. And I sent everyone on a search party, like, around the house. We looked in all the usual spots. This, this child was not there. And all of a sudden, that mother heart kicked in and I'm like, oh, no, this child hasn't come back. What did you say to them? Like, you must have really upset them, but they're gone. And let me tell you something. I wasn't satisfied to just go, oh, well, I've still got four. <laughs> That's all right. There's still a lot of them. They're still keeping me very busy. No, it I was... It depends on the day, really. Well, really, it could, yeah. It could have gone another way, I guess. But on that particular day, oh, no, I left the house because they weren't in the home and I went searching for this child and I was not going to stop until I found this child and I did find them down the road up a tree somewhere cooling down and, and I brought them home but the relief 
I felt to find them. I wasn't going to leave them out there. They're so precious to me. And that is just a tiny example of how precious the one is to God because his love is so much greater than ours could ever be. God, his inclusiveness, he says, come, whoever you are, come. But like Dave said, that's just the beginning. We come, but God transforms us as we come through the helper, the Holy Spirit, and through his word to become more like Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. We come, everyone is invited. But as we come through his loving kindness and through that sometimes painful process of sanctification, but it's a good process. We don't stay as we are. We are transformed and we become imitators of Christ, imitators of God. 1 John chapter 2 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Beautiful. And, you know, it's important to establish God's definition of inclusiveness. Come as you are, but you won't stay as you are. The reason why it's important is because the devil has a counterfeit version of inclusiveness. And it's important that we understand that. Because the message that penetrates society is, be whoever or whatever you want to be and we'll accept you as you are. Now it almost sounds like if, you don't, if you're not grounded in scripture, like, that almost sounds like it's more appealing. It's like it's more loving, it's more caring, it's more... Uh, inclusive, right? But of course, we don't hear the true story of how it all ends. Contrary to this way of come as you are, stay as you are, or whatever, Galatians 5.19 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, Envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Contrary to this inclusiveness that we hear and see in the world, come as you are, it's all good, be who you want, whatever. That is not the case. We are called to come as we are, but then God transform, transforms us to become more and more like Him. I'm so grateful that Pastor Sonia has stepped into that university. And if you feel a drawing to get involved in that, can I encourage you, go and speak to her. Because university is a place where so much secularism is preached and taught. Our young people are taught it's like it's black and white, stuff that we would be, you know, completely and utterly uh, uh, saddened to hear. This is the reality that we live in today. And even this counterfeit version of inclusiveness, I've seen it, we've seen it at times, try and creep in to church world. And you know what? We've got, we've got this better version. We've got a better version to offer you. But we know that from the very beginning, the devil has been at work to offer a better plan. This is like the oldest trick in the book. I'm going to just do what I've done from the very, very beginning. 
Of course, the story of Adam and Eve, and every time I talk about Adam and Eve, I can't help but share a quick story. Darius recently said to me, he said, Daddy, he said, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, we'd all be running around naked. And I said, that is so true, son, but that's disturbing but true. So Darius has got a lot of profound wisdom, and he brings a lot of things to my attention. But the point is, listen, from the very, very beginning... Satan has offered a a counterfeit version of what God offers, whether it be through music. Mm -hmm. We heard the worship team and bring us into the presence of God, and there's nothing like it. Whether it be in the the, the sexual area of life, as far as marriage is concerned, trying to corrupt it, trying to uh, bring a different version of what it could be like. And we know that it's a counterfeit version. The serpent says to, to Adam, he says, You will surely not die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This version of of how I am calling you to live is actually better. You are missing out on what you could have and, and have access to and the knowledge and understanding like God. Satan is at work to try and offer us a different version, a counterfeit version, contrary to God. That's right. And something that we can take comfort in, like Dave said, this is nothing new. Actually, something we remind ourselves of is there's nothing new to God. There's nothing that takes him by surprise. Even this horrible, I would call it a pandemic of what we're seeing, the the lies and the confusion, this is not new to God. The enemy has been twisting things and lying and deceiving people for centuries and centuries. It doesn't take God by surprise. But like we said before, church, this is our time. We're in it now. We're on the field. Let's not let our time go past and we didn't get out there and engage and bring his kingdom. Like, let's not be discouraged by that. But as far as this counterfeit offer, even Jesus himself allowed himself to be tempted after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to show us how to combat this. And the enemy even tried to offer Jesus a counterfeit option. And let's read from Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Let's stop for a second. Jesus knows who he is. He's the king of all kings and he's the Lord of all lords and he has humbled himself and come to the earth as a, a, a man who lived a perfect life and yet he knows what he must do Amen. in order to take the keys of life and to destroy death forever. He knows what he has to do but the devil's like, don't worry about that. Don't do it that way. Do it my way. My way is easier. My way is better. But what does Jesus do? How does he answer him? as we should answer him with the word of God. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Jesus said to the devil, No, your offer is not better. And I will combat that with the truth of the word of God. And that's what we need to do too. Listen, we're going to come to a close pretty soon. But let me just outline the outcome of God's version of inclusiveness versus the devil's version. I will do the devil's version. Joe will do God's version because, of, as you know, she's a much better Christian than me and she's a great example. The devil, listen, he invites us to come as we are 
be whoever or whatever you want to be, we'll accept you as you are, eat the fruit of a sinful life and die in your sin and ultimately be separated from God in eternity. That's the first version of inclusiveness. God's version of inclusiveness. He invites us to come as we are. And thank you, God, we accepted that invitation. And if you haven't accepted, you will get an opportunity to do that. And those of us who have accepted, now we with the Lord, the Spirit and the Bride say, come, come, you're all welcome. But be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, through repentance, by the blood of Jesus that was shed for you, and become more like Jesus. And then live with the comforter, with his truth as your guide. Live with the peace of God in your life. Not everything's going to be easy, but he will always be with you. You will never be alone. You always have a hope in a future. And ultimately, live forever with Jesus. Amen. But what I want to show you is don't take it from us as far as this inclusiveness and transformation. Take it from the Word of God because that's where we look to, right? We want to get our understanding from God's Word. And we see in Matthew 9, 10, a beautiful picture of inclusiveness and transformation. Come as you are, but you will not stay as you are. I'm going to transform you. It says, now it happened. As Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Well, I'll tell you why. We've been talking about it all sermon long. We serve an inclusive king, right? But the the, the story goes on. When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... But go and learn what it means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Don't you love that Jesus doesn't hold back truth? He compares those living a life contrary to him, a sinful life, as those who are sick. But the, but the beauty of this story is he is the physician that comes and says, I will not allow you to stay in that sick state I am going to come and transform you. I'm going to bring the healing about. We see inclusiveness, hanging out with the outcast, but then we see the beautiful transformation of our king. Another example is the story of Zacchaeus. Most of us would know this story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and I'm not going to sing the song because that would be terrible. But he was a wee little man. He was a man of short stature, and he was a tax collector, and he was a thief, and he was not liked by anybody. And yet, here it comes, the Holy Spirit, when the Lord is ready to move on somebody's heart, he will start the process. Amen. Something happened in Zacchaeus's heart when he knew that Jesus was coming alongside the road. Something stirred in his heart and he climbed up into that sycamore tree to get a glimpse of the Savior. And let's read from verse 5 and it says, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I'll just stop there for a minute. Jesus was not afraid to go into the house of a sinner. We need to get comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable, being around people who maybe don't, We don't gel with exactly. Well, we know they're living in a way contrary to Jesus. We are called to love the sinner. 
Jesus loved the sinners. He still loves the sinners. We are to love the sinners, not the sin, but we are to love the sinners. We don't water down the gospel. We don't hold back truth, but we love with the love of God and we speak truth in love and we build relationship with people and we can have people in our space and not be repelled, but to actually Give them the love of God. The reason what we believe that people are so confused is because they are craving to belong. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a hole in their, in their soul that only the Lord can fill. And we as the church are called, we sang it in one of the songs this yeah. morning, to, to be the bride. Hey, this is what you need. This is a love that will never run out. This is a love that will never get old. This is a love that can fulfill you like no other can. You don't have to change your appearance. You don't have to do anything. Or This is a love that's for you. Come as you are and let him transform you. You don't have to do the work. He will do the work. Just have an open heart. Just recently uh, in our church, we were very blessed by this church and by Westcare in particular. We were gifted some hampers some of these beautiful gift hampers that we were able to give out to the community. So we put the call out there and we opened up the church building where we meet in a school on a Saturday. And let us tell you, the people who came into that building that day were not the sort of people that would usually walk into a church. And, and for us, I would say for a quick second there, there was a couple times Dave and I were like, oh, okay, all right, thank you, Lord. This is who you've brought. Let, let's do it. And we were there with another couple in the church and we just loved on these people. We didn't, we didn't hold back who we were or what we stand for. These people came and I'm telling you, some of them were living very, very sinful lives, very evident. And they walked in. Can I tell you, there were hugs, there were tears, there was prayer with these people. Did any of them give their heart to the Lord that day? No, that's not our job. But was there seed planted and was there seed watered that day? Yeah, there was. And what a privilege it is. We're not called to save people, but we are called to to do that work. And we can't do it if our guard is up and we're afraid. We do not have anything to hide, church. Our God is the most inclusive, the most loving. This counterfeit version of inclusiveness is It's a lie. And so we have nothing to hide. We can approach these people who are caught in this lie and we can say, we know someone who loves you more than anybody could ever love you. Come and meet him. Come. We're just going to finish with this last passage. And I just want to say, why do we have no guard up or why are we inclusive? Because he was inclusive to us. God, you saved me. There's not a day that I'll live that I'm not going to be grateful for the fact that you called me out of a life of darkness into a a life of light, glorious light, and you are changing and transforming me to become more and more like, like you, Jesus. If you did it for me, if you did it for us, you'll do it for anybody and everybody. And we thank you, God, that you're an inclusive God. And we're going to finish with Psalm 61. Of course, this is a prophecy of our inclusive Savior, who was to come and who did come and fulfilled everything that was prophesied about him. But this is such a beautiful chapter because you see the inclusive king and you see the transformation. You see the inclusiveness and the transformation. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. 
the poor, you are included. You are included. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted, you're included. To proclaim liberty to the captives. There's transformation. Bring liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And of course, we do that in missions. But we don't just do that in the physical prison. We do that as the mouthpiece, the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. We open prison doors for people when we speak God's word, which is truth, which can penetrate through any part of us. No matter how hard or whatever past we've had, that word can penetrate through anything. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. If you mourn, you're included. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. There's transformation. Has he not done that to us? Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. That's the ultimate outcome right there of an inclusive king. That you may become, that I may become a tree of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. In Jesus' name. Can we say amen to that? Amen, amen. Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, I just, I just thank you for, Holy Spirit, your word. And I just pray that you would, Lord, any kind of, Lord God, seed of thought that has, Lord God, caused people to think in a different way as far as, Lord God, how inclusive you are. I pray that this morning the seed will just go deep into people's hearts and that people would realize the beautifulness of our inclusive King. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.